look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back to News Talk 770 and More Than Money. You're here with Dave and Faisal. Um, what about being your own boss in retirement? You know, that's what, well, I, I would still like to be an entrepreneur, still be part of the business community. I know how going back to school was one idea, but mm-hmm. I think I think uh, still being part of the business community is something I would do in my retirement. Yeah, no, for sure. And again, at what level you want to participate and whatnot. But there's a bunch of experience, right, that people, as they move through their working careers, collect. And the question is, can we turn that into into a business and become our own boss and become an entrepreneur? Uh, Wendy Mayhew is going to join us. Um, first of all, she's the founder of Wise Seniors in Business and the Wise 50 Over 50 Award, uh, award winner. Um, Wendy, happy Canada Day and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy Canada Day to you as well. And thank you for having me. Well, um, why do you think we're seeing so many um, mature workers, we're going to call them, <laughs> want to become okay, entrepreneurs? I like that word. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of words that people, older people don't like. So <laughs> That's right. Well, we've got a reference point, Wendy. We've got a, we've got a ref- reference point. We see Dave as immature, so everybody else <laughs> must be more mature, right? So. <laughs> well, okay. Sorry, I'm in with Dave because I'm immature. <laughs> So let's talk about what those mature, mature person. Yeah, those mature people like Faisal, and they why, why do they want to be entrepreneurs? Why is there a growing interest in this as 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 people um, perhaps are leaving the workforce from what they were doing uh, for most of their career and moving on to this new this new stage of life? Because everybody at some point in their life has wanted to be an entrepreneur, and now they have the opportunity to do it. That's one reason. There's a lot of other reasons as well. Um, Some, number one, we're living longer, we're healthier, we're young at heart, and we're not ready to just go the golden years of sitting at home and retiring. So so here, I want to address the first thing you you, you said. Everybody wants, at at some point, wants to be an entrepreneur. I believe that everybody probably at some point wants to be the boss, right? They want to call their shots. But I don't think many people realize that once you get there, it just doubles the workload, the responsibility, and the commitment that's required. And so, the risk. <laughs> and, well, there, never mind the risk, yeah. So, so that's an interesting, really interesting point. I think the ro- the ro- you know, we romanticize this notion of being an entrepreneur and, and your own boss. But the, the fact is that it's difficult, right? This is tough. Talk to us a little bit about um, sort of the advantages and even the disadvantages of, of retiring and then starting your own business. It is tough. It really is tough. And I'm fine. I'll just, I'm just going to give you a little short story on me here because I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years. And I have gone into this Why Seniors in Business, but specifically with the 50 Over 50 Awards that I've launched. Um, it has just taken on a life of its own. And, and the time that it's taking me is I knew it was going to take time, but I didn't think it was going to take this amount of time. And so that is a big, big factor. As you said, you know, it is hard work. It's very hard work. But if you've got the passion, then it's not considered work. Correct. Okay. That's excellent. That's it. That's yeah, the thing. And, and I mean, that's one people. One thing that people always say about me whenever I'm talking to them, they go, oh, my God, we can't get over how passionate you are about this. And I'm going, well, I believe in it. And so when you believe in something, then, as I said just a second ago, it, it is, it's not work. Okay? Um, you asked about some disadvantages. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of disadvantages, and it isn't necessarily 
from coming from the wannabe entrepreneur, it's the environment that they're in, such as socially, family, um, risk, uh, just just things like that. And you know, a lot of people are, are saying that uh, it's difficult to get money because all of the money is being given to young entrepreneurs. So they feel very um, underserved and undersupported. That's what I always say. We are a group that are underserved and undersupported. So let's talk a little bit about that. Are are there, um, can you shed some light on any startup supports or programs in place for sort of the 50 plus entrepreneur? Well, it depends on when you talk, what you're talking about, about support, because you know, the fundamentals of starting a business are the same regardless of who you are, where you are, or what you're doing. However, it's all of those other things that, you know, and, and this is the analogy I always use. So you're in an office environment. You've worked there for, you know, whether it's the same office or not, but you've had a career where you've been surrounded by colleagues, t- people you can talk things through with, you know, all of this. You've had all of this support. And all of a sudden, then you're out on your own. And so you're leaving this cocoon that you've had. And you're going, okay, so now what am I doing? And nobody is, I I talk about all of this, but there aren't any programs or anything yet to help them through this. They don't know where to go. They, you know, they're afraid of networking. Um, they're, They're just a lack of confidence that they have. And where do I go? Who can I depend on to help me with this? You know, one of the things I find interesting, and I'm, I'll pick on our, our doctors and our dentist friends for just a moment, because these are people that have a specialized skill set. Correct. Right? But they're not trained Correct. to be business owners, right? Or business no. managers. And, and so I, I find it interesting when I watch certain people go through this, they may have, a, they may have that specialized skill set and that experience um, working within an organization. But as soon as you step out, as you said, step out of that cocoon, uh, Wendy, and now you have to not only apply that specialized skill set, but manage the business, which often means managing people, do the books, sell the business, right? Oh, gosh, you got to go do that. Yeah, you got to be a marketer, too. Yeah, you got to market. Um, maybe a little bit of your experience and wisdom around around understanding that transition from an employee to a business owner would be good. Okay, well, it, it is certainly very different. Um, now, I you know, I haven't, I haven't been able to work for anyone for years right. because – they won't let me be the boss. So that's why I started my own business. Um, and so when you are transitioning transitioning from employee to owner, there are so many things that do have to be looked at, and are you going to be ready to do that? And the biggest, biggest thing, and you touched on it there, is the marketing and sales. I mean, it's it's just you don't know how to do that. And, and you know, with social media, all the new technology, it is frightening for older people. And as well as, you know, uh, the way I look at it, too, is, is that, you know, you've worked in an environment that if you have a computer problem, well, you call your IT department and they fix it in no time, right? So, so it's finding these reliable supporters that are willing to work with you and guide you and help you along the way without taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to know who and your IT is, department is, first of all. Right, right away. You said the words right, <laughs> right away. Right away. That would be awesome. Both Dave and I look at it right away? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> how, about the, uh, how about if you're successful at doing this, Wendy? Um, then you, you may have this, uh, this issue of intergenerational, right? Do you bring the kids in? Do you transition it to the kids? That, that creates a whole different family dynamic and set of complexities. And it is, when you're starting a business later in life, I recommend highly 
that you try and start one with someone that is younger because you've got the two different sets of skills. Correct. You know, you've got, like, Y stands for Wisdom, Initiative, Skills, and Experience. So, you know, you are, an older person is bringing that into a business where the younger ones have no fear, or, you know, mostly have no fear. Yeah. They have the technology skills. They they just have all kinds of different contacts than you have. And, you know, so it's just bringing those different school skills and contacts together to work together. Now, having said that, intergenerational is a great way to go, but there's all, also a whole process of, you know, learning to work together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a... A company in in the U.S. that I talk to now and again, um, she, I've talked to her. We're supposed to be doing something, a podcast together. We haven't gotten around to doing it yet. But she wrote a blog post on intergenerational business, and she said in her blog post, as well as during a conversation, that she would never do another would never do an intergenerational business unless she actually knew the other person from having worked with them. Well, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But in the case of of you know if if and I live in a government town, right? And uh, so we've got you know 4.9 million people between the ages of 55 and 64 are preparing to retire, and so we've got all of these people ready to retire or preparing to retire. And they are, you know, they've been in the government for years and years and years. So the people that you know are also in the government, but there aren't that many young people that are certainly going to leave the government to start a business with. So what we need to do is put some programs together. And I'm working on a workshop that uh, it'll be an intergenerational workshop. So, you know, bringing the two groups together. Yeah, let's not forget for our listeners that intergenerational does not mean parent to child it could mean one generation to the next generation and those two parties or multiple parties may not have blood relationship at all right so let's let's not forget that a lot of people don't realize that you can have intergenerational and you can transition a business from one generation to other and not have not be a blood relative that's correct and and that's you know that really needs to start happening with with the uh, succession planning because we we know that um you know, people are preparing to get out of their business Correct. that are already business owners. Correct. And so they want somebody to take it over. And so they're looking for someone that will come in, even as a partner, that is much younger, that they can train over the years to actually take over the business and continue it growing. One of the hardest parts about that is the patience of the second generation is that sometimes it's the it's the patience of them saying, we've got to train you for X number of years. And the, the minute you say years, their eyes kind of go, go oh, my God, I've got to spend that much time before I can take over this business. And, and, and that training that's required, the old school training is not the new school training. It's, it's a little bit different yeah. now. And so I think that intergenerational gap that we see is where the biggest problem is. How do you transition at the speed of both parties that are comfortable so they can meet some common ground. That's where the, the biggest hiccup is because the amount of failure rate of intergenerational businesses is high when you don't, when you don't fill in that gap from a communication as well as transition side. And Wendy, we, exactly. we, yeah, we have to leave it there, unfortunately. We're running out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, and happy Canada Day. And to you. We've been joined by All Wendy right. Mayhew, founder of Wise Seniors in Business and the Wise 50 Over 50 Awards. Now, we've got, uh, we've got a seminar coming up, and we're going to talk about how to get that award, that bulletproof uh, your retirement award at our upcoming seminar. Yeah, how does your lifestyle never retire, even though you may? We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, July 25th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. 
that you need to reserve your seat. So give us a call at 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website at morethanmoneyradio.com. All of our segments in today's show and past segments, of course, can be um, you can review them uh, and go back into the archives at morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can have them delivered directly to you by searching for More Than Money, in brackets, CHQR, on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on Newstalk 770. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.